0: Hello, I'm Billy Shore and welcome back to Add Passion and Stir. We are so grateful for our partnership with General Mills and the amazing support they have shown us over the years, especially during the COVID-19 pandemic. Last year, General Mills donated over $2 million to support our relief and recovery efforts. We're so appreciative of the strong partnership we've had since 2016 and for their continued support. Hi, I'm Billy Shore. Welcome to Add Passion and Stir. It's our weekly conversation about food, passion, and making a difference in the world. And we have such a special uh, topic to talk about today. Uh, It's something brand new called the Family Reunion. And we're here with Sheila Johnson, who's the founder and CEO of Salamander Hotels and Resorts and vice chair of Monumental Sports, which is the Washington Capitals and the Wizards and the Mystics, and a founding partner of Black Entertainment Television, Um, and uh, Chef Kwame Anwachi, who has been on this podcast several times, uh, author of Notes from a Young Black Chef, restaurant tour recently at Kith & Kin in Washington, D.C., and a participant in Top Chef, and now an executive producer at Food & Wine. So, uh, Sheila and Kwame, thank you so much for being with us, especially uh, just a couple days out before the family reunion begins.
1: You're more than welcome. This is very exciting.
0: It's great to be back, Billy. I haven't heard your voice in a while. I was just talking to Sheila a moment ago uh, before we started to record about just the size and scope of Family Reunion. So before we get to how the idea and the collaboration came about, uh, just tell us what it is, Sheila. What is the Family Reunion? How many folks are going to be there? Where is it? Um, Just give us the who, what, when and where.
1: Okay, where it's going to be is at Salamander Resort and Spa, which is in Middleburg, Virginia. It's just outside, one hour outside of D.C. Uh, we're a half hour from Dulles Airport. And um, we will have approximately close to 400 guests um, that will be attending, you know, and that includes our our uh, chefs, um, of course, all my staff that's going to be working. My staff about close to 400, too that we're going to be really helping us, you know, get through all of this. But it's just going to be a remarkable, really remarkable event. And we have um, chefs, some of our chefs will be going into the town of Middleburg to the different restaurants and working with the chefs there. But I'll tell you, the town is abuzz about this really unique, incredible event that's happening here. And it's the first of its kind.
0: And this was cooked up, uh, literally, by you and Chef Kwame. Tell us, uh, Kwame, where did the idea come from? How did you approach Sheila Johnson about it? Um, What did all that look like?
2: Well, you know, I have been a part of so many food festivals, you know, for the past, I'd say 15 years at least. And I always wondered why there wasn't anything that really just celebrated, you know, black contributions to the food industry. Um, You can't talk about American food without talking about West African food and, and the plight of of the people that have left the diaspora and the tentacles that it have reached across the globe. So I was actually coming to meet Sheila just for a general conversation. We really hit it off in the Bahamas and we were just trying to figure out a way to work together in some capacity. And when I hit Middleburg, you know, a small little town and drove through and saw the restaurants and then made a left turn and drove up this winding path to Salamander, I thought this is it. We need to have an event that celebrates, you know, black and brown contributions to the food industry on a black owned property with a historical context. And, you know, that's how, that's where the idea was was formulated. And, you know, I remember me- meeting with Sheila and putting together this presentation, like literally in the hotel room after I checked in. And I had this fully fleshed out presentation. Um, I remember Sheila just looking at it and being like, she looked to her team and it wasn't even like, okay, what do you guys think about this? It was, we're doing this. We have to do this here. We have to do this every year. Um, I think she saw the vision um, clearly and we've been working on it every week since then. So that's like almost a little over a year ago to put this together.
0: And Sheila, when you first heard of it, is this your, this must be your decision-making style. You have an instinct that something is big and good and impactful and go for it.
1: Yeah, I, I really consider myself to really trust my instincts and I am a visionary um, and I have a great team of executives, but there's times when I just have to make that executive decision because I know it's going to work. And this was one of them. And I mean, that's what I stand for. I mean, I have this beautiful resort here. I had the vessel, as I told Kwame, and I said, you're not going to find anything else like it in the country. We're sitting on 340 acres here. And we have the capacity to do really whatever we want to do. I mean, a few weeks ago, we had the American Ballet Theater here. We do a film festival on the property. So I said there's absolutely no problem why we cannot celebrate cultural diversity and hospitality by bringing this event to Salamander Resort and Spa. There's no excuse.
0: And at the time you created Salamander Resort and Spa, uh... It sounds like you must have maybe somewhere in the back of your head, you thought of it as a place where community came together, that you were going to be able to leverage this beautiful asset, not just for hospitality, but to have these kind of socially impactful events, even if you couldn't have imagined kind of the particular of family reunion. Is that something that was always just kind of a part of your thinking?
1: No, it was all part of that. I remember before I even put a shovel in the ground, uh, Robert Redford came to visit me and I said, I want to show you where I'm going to build this resort. So I took him up there. I had a Humvee at the time up onto the property. He says, first of all, you need to get rid of the Humvee because he's, you know, he's one of his real environmental things. Right. I said, okay, I got you. I'll get rid of the Humvee. I said, what do you think about me putting a resort up here? Because I had been out to Sundance and I had sat on his board for years. And he looked down into the town and he says, you need to start a film festival. Now, that was before we even started building. I kept that in my head. And when we opened up in August of 2013, by October of 2013, we actually launched our first film festival. That to me gave me the impetus to say, you know, and it was so successful that we can do any kind of programming up on this resort. Why not? I have the space. I have the executive team. We can pull this together. And I have incredible employees. So it it just sort of went from there. And we've been putting doing a lot of things from all kinds of corporate events. And this event, this food and wine event, I just think is so exciting. And I think that we can really make this an annual event just like we do for the film festival. And it will build. It will get stronger and stronger. Yeah. Uh,
0: t- tell us, Kwame, a little bit about the agenda for this family reunion three days. What are some of the goals uh, that you're trying to achieve by pulling these folks together? And who are some of the folks that are coming in?
2: You know, it, it's really about uh, a celebration of, of my people um, all coming together at, at once. I think back to all these events that I've done, and it's like I see one person one year. I see another person the other year. And we never really cross paths totally because there's only one or two people of color at these large events. Um, so this is just a celebration to show that the black experience is not monolithic. There's so many layers to it. There's so many um, there's, there's so many microcultures within that really tell our story. So the first night is a celebration of the up and coming chefs. Um, there's a town takeover where there's four young chefs that are taking over the town of Middleburg and the restaurants that everybody can go and eat. And I don't think you can have a family reunion without a, a cookout. So the first reception is a cookout, uh, but instead of your uncle behind the grill, it's Rodney Scott and Brian Furman and Virginia Ali's um, team slinging, you know, half smokes and some music. Uh, the next day, we have a grand stage tent where we'll be doing panel discussions, uh, and then we'll have a family-style lunch underneath a lunch tent. After that, we'll break out into breakout sessions, and the the whole crowd will be able to then break out into smaller groups, and you can do anything from riding horses with me, you know, going act starring with Mashama Bailey, learning about black owned wine uh, by Carlton McCoy, uh, the history of jerk by Andre False and Peter Prime, or learning the history of Suya by Michael Legbade and Pierre Tim. So there's uh, there's a little bit for everybody, you know. And then the third day, we, we start back up in the tent and do the panel discussions. We have some performances, you know, by Broadway plays. Uh, we have a lifetime achievement award, you know, given to Virginia Lee, um, and we have a night market, you know, with different chefs from from the diaspora coming together to uh, cook while there's Afro beats and drummers playing. We also have a block party, um, you know, with food from a bunch of different chefs as well. And you know, the last day we end it with a with a choir, um, a gospel choir, on Sunday. So I want people to leave, you know, this conference with more than their, you know, liver and belly's full, but their mind's full as well. I, I, I can't stress that enough, that this will be a meeting of the minds, and we're going to be able to talk about issues that we've always wanted to talk about. And now that we have the platform, you know, thanks to graciously Sheila Johnson, you know, giving us this, this space and lending this space to us um, to be able to, to put on this program.
1: I think it's really important that you do understand these breakout sessions are really going to attack the issues and the struggles of minority owned businesses and what we can do to help and hopefully there'll be there will be some bankers there that would be willing to you know really start putting money behind these really celebrated chefs so that we can continue to grow the business because we know in the hospitality industry things are not equal at all and it has been a struggle it's something that even in the DMV that we're struggling with with greater washington partners is to try to get more minority owned businesses financially solvent so that they have sustainability within the region. And I think that these are issues that we have really got to talk about. I mean, even myself as a hotel owner, um, I couldn't get banks to bank me because they said, well, you have the money, but still I see a lot of very wealthy men out there with uh, 10 times more money than me um, that, still get financing through a bank or get investors in there. And you don't see that with minority owned businesses. And this is something that we want to really bring attention to. The other thing that I want to say, um, you know, Kwame mentioned about a Broadway show. This is a show that I've invested in. It's called Grace. And I'm trying to even put more and more um, Black theaters on Broadway, a theater productions on Broadway. I've done Thoughts of a Colored Man, which will open on Broadway the beginning of next year. But Grace is about food. And it's about the Minton family out of Philadelphia and through gentrification, their restaurant's getting moved. Uh, they're worried about it financially. The matriarch su- suddenly passes away and the, the daughter has to take over. So the audience is going to experience what this musical is about. And it's, it's the right theme for this particular event that we're gonna be putting on over the next three days. I just think by merging um, the culinary and also the arts, it's going to even bring more of an experience, not just visually, but inside. You're gonna feel the mission of what we're trying to do. And I think that's what's really, really important.
0: Hello, Ad Passion and Stir listeners, it's Billy Shore here. I'm coming to you today to ask for a favor. Share Our Strength launched Ad Passion and Stir in 2016 to promote conversations about food, justice, and society. And over more than 200 episodes, I've had the privilege of talking to some amazing people like Jeff Bridges, Pink, Anthony Anderson, Carol King, Ariana Huffington, and we've also talked to many of the most amazing chefs in this country. Daniel Hume, Mary Sue Millikan, Tanya Holland, Douglas Williams, and countless more. We're working on some exciting changes now to Add Passion and Stir, and we want to hear from you about what you love about the podcast, what you want more of, and what you might change. You can find the survey at Stir.com. Just click the podcast survey button at the top of the page. Please share your feedback, and thank you for helping to make this podcast great. Now let's get back to the episode. Say a little bit more about this issue of financing for uh, Black-owned businesses and restaurants and what some of the hurdles are. I I know you understand it intuitively. It may not be as clear to others. Is it a matter of investors not having confidence that Black-owned businesses are going to succeed? Is it just not having the kind of the cultural connection? What are some of the hurdles and how do we get over them?
2: Yeah, well, you know, I think it's the belief. The belief that, belief in many things, belief in our culture, that, that it is rich, belief in that we'll be able to draw a crowd, belief in that we'll be able to operate a business professionally, belief in us as, as, as just an individual. Um, I think that's where it really starts. And it starts outside of the banks. It starts outside of the pocketbooks. It's, it's, it's not really understanding who we are as a people. And then that translates into what business ventures are willing to uh, bank on. You know, if we have all these publications that aren't even writing stories, that aren't reviewing restaurants um, that are culturally diverse, giving ratings to them, giving stars, giving awards, um, that trickles down into who's going to invest. You know, you, you, you have someone that is not a minority, you know, a Caucasian person coming in, having worked at a restaurant or gotten an award. They're the ones that are major recipients of these things then they're more inclined to get investment than, than not. So we're doing this event so we can show the beauty of, of our food and our culture. People can see that there, is a, um, that there is interest in it, no matter what you look like.
0: And, and Kwame, I can imagine, uh, and Sheila, that you're not just going to be showing this, but you can imagine the things that are going to happen at this event. People are going to meet each other. They're going to decide to do things together. There's going to be collaborations that couldn't have been envisioned in their particulars. Beforehand, Uh, it's going to be fascinating to track what comes out of this. um, You know, in some ways it will be random, but in other ways are very related to the kind of the strategy for why you're you're doing this in the first place. And even going back to something you said a moment ago, Kwame, about you know you can't really understand American cuisine without understanding uh, its uh, some of its origins in West Africa. Uh, Say what you mean by that. Again, to to you that's obvious. To me, it's not. I wouldn't have thought of that. Tell me specifically what kind of things are we talking about
2: i'm talking about culture in general and then that can be trickled down into food it can be trickled down into fashion. It can be trickled down into lifestyle Trickled down into um into language um you know we were brought over here we were stolen from our land and, and and brought to america and other places within the world and with that did not just come labor that was the smallest part of of what we were what we contributed what we contributed was our lifestyle which is uh, to which can Consists of so many different things, and you see that prevalent in the food that we make today. You see that in the the clothing, <laughs> the style. You even see that in art, and that's why you can't talk about American cuisine, you know, um, and so many other different types of cuisine and, and cultures without speaking of West Africa.
1: And I think that um, as slaves, as we were coming over, we had to subsist on almost nothing, and we had to then pivot to be able to cook, create, to make things happen so that we could survive. It could have been the beans that were brought in from Africa and we planted them and we could grow crops. I mean, there's so much that was happening that we could make happen that is so based on the, the foundation of American cuisine. I mean, without what we have brought over from Africa, a lot of this cuisine wouldn't even be here. I mean, it's just amazing. And Kwame can even talk to you more about that because I've learned so much from him, you know, from lentils to beans to sauces. He'll go through my pantry and I'm like, what are you looking for? He says, anything. And he'll put something together and it's the best taste I have ever found, I've ever experienced in my life. So he just makes things, it's almost like magic. And I think we as a race, we are so good at doing things like that. And you will never experience culinary tastes, I don't think, in a lot of restaurants because we are unique.
2: Yeah. And it's so deep. It's so deep. You know, you can't even quantify how many different types of cuisines have come out of of that continent and then how many different cuisines that they have affected. You know, food is food within people's food. You can see history. And the worlds and the roads that have been traveled. Um, And I just I just love that. And I think that's why I'm so, so excited about Afro-Caribbean cuisine and their flavors, because it's endless. It's always I'm always exploring. I'm always learning new things about it. And it makes me a better chef every single day.
1: If you go back in history, ice cream, mac and cheese came off Thomas Jefferson's plantation because of the the slaves and the the chefs that work there. We are really the backbone, I think, of American cuisine. We really are.
0: And it sounds like a lot of this is going to be showcased at family reunion, and which will also, in a way, showcase uh, the diversity in our hospitality and how far we've come. But I think we all know, and you know better than I do, we've still got a long, long way to go. How, how do you, how do you characterize or describe uh, how far we still have to go when it comes to building? diversity and equity and inclusiveness into our hospitality and what's it going to take to get there?
2: You know, I get that question a lot and I don't think that question's for me. We do diversity every single day. So it's on other people that don't do that. How long is it going to take for you all to include everyone in the conversation?
1: And um, I, myself and Jason Wright, who's president of the Washington football team, we're actually co-chairing across from Baltimore all the way to Richmond. Um, a strategic plan in which we are gathering all corporate executives. um, And I'm working very hard with the hotel industry, trying with them to really uh, bring to light the inequities that are going on within not only hospitality, but, but across every corporate sector where they need to start hiring people of color. They need to be hired into the tech industry. The hospitality industry has really fallen way behind on the C-suite level of bringing diversity there. I see it as myself as a hotel owner and, um, and with our management company, Salamander Hotels and Resorts, that we continue to really look for diversity of, and, and, and a lot of the best talent is still out there that I'm trying to bring in there, um, but it has to be talked about. And so we have brought, to- brought together corporations and titans of industry to really not just say, look, we're going to open up a diversity section in our-, in our corporation. I don't want them to just check the box. I want them to really hire, to help them play in their sandbox, to help them grow within the corporations. And it's, it's not just in corporations, but I am really struggling with the hospitality industry um, to really get them to jump on board to see how we have more chefs of color, we have people behind the front desk of color, up in the C suites of color. It's something that we're going to relentlessly push and talk about, and I'm not going to give up until I see a change.
0: And Sheila, are you? Uh, who, who are your allies in the hospitality industry on this? Are you? Uh, do you feel like you're a lone voice? Are you an outlier? Is there a critical mass? starting to come together. Uh, we've certainly heard a lot of uh, important conversation over the last few months about equity and inclusion and diversity. Uh, who, who else is is with you leading this charge?
1: Um, I'm working a little bit with Marriott. Sometimes I feel as on the lone voice out there. Um, and maybe it's the timing with the pandemic and er- everything and hotels are trying to get back up on their feet. I'm going to Give them a buy on that. But I would say within the next six months to a year, I'm going to start hammering them. I just do not feel in my gut they're still behind me on this and understand where we are. I will go to hotel events. It could be preferred, not preferred so much, but Forbes uh, because we are now Forbes Five Star. But there are so few women. You can count them on one hand. And I'm the only owner. And the rest are all of these men, and they're white men in black suits. And it's just something that I have to continually drill down on. I don't want to make them feel uncomfortable, but I want them to understand my presence and why I am in this industry. And it's not just about growing my hotel business. And I want to be out there, and I want to make a difference in different ways. I'm not a Marriott. I'm not a Four Seasons or anything like that. I am a woman that really wants to not only grow a, a, an extraordinary company, but one, a company that has vision, that is diverse, and is doing a lot of different things than so many other hotels out there aren't doing. I want people to know that Salamander Hotels and Resorts is there for everyone, and we do it in, through our media, pu our, through our public relations. I hammer my executive team on this all the time. Whenever we do presentations, diversity is the forefront of what I am trying to explain in all of my pitches that I'm trying to do. And I think with this food and wine event with Kwame and the publicity that we are now starting to get, this is going to start shining a light of where the issues are and what we need to do for the future and and to continue to grow. This is not just checking the box. This is not just a one-shot deal. I am asking Kwame and all of the chefs there, let's get the word out there. Help me fight the fight.
0: So inspiring, Sheila and Kwame. Uh, I, I, I just can't tell you how excited I am about what I think is going to come out of this. Uh, Sheila, you'd mentioned a few moments ago and wanted uh, Kwame to talk about the charitable partners that are part of this. And I know Share Our Strength's No Kid Hungry campaign is going to be a beneficiary of the family reunion. Uh, Kwame, tell us a little bit about how you you picked them and and what kind of work they're doing.
2: Well, you know, I've been working with No Kid Hungry for a long time now, um, and it's such an important organization to me because it's something that I could have benefited from as a uh, benefited from as a child myself. You know, who experienced uh, hunger for from um, uh, due to food insecurity. You know, growing up in the Bronx um, and. I, you know, I think it's it's really important no matter what you're doing. Um, it doesn't matter what you're doing. I think when you have a platform, you need to always continue to reach and give back. And, you know, giving back to this organization is something that's near and dear to me. I've seen firsthand how they uh, really attack areas that are food insecure and that have children facing, you know, hunger, and they try to turn that around in, in ways that they can by offering free school lunches, um, you know, breakfast at, at schools as well. Um, so I thought it was really important to bring them in so that we could definitely have them be a beneficiary of, of this event.
1: Kwame, well, I mean, you don't know this. Our former first lady of Virginia, she is so excited about this, Then hopefully she will, we will show up for this. Um, and her, you know, her husband's running for governor.
0: We're talking about Dorothy McAuliffe?
1: Yeah. They are so excited about this. This has been her mission also.
0: Yes, she's been an amazing champion and advocate.
1: We've also started a scholarship
2: fund. Um, we're sending a student to the CIA, my alma mater, Culinary Institute of America, on a full ride. Um, you know, a student of color that really wants, That really is going to be the next generation of this food industry. And that's how we continue to pay it forward. So, there's there's always going to be a philanthropic hand in, in the things that, you know, I'm doing. And it's it's a huge honor to be able to get back in that aspect so early on you know, with our first year.
0: On behalf of all of us at Share Our Strength and the No Get Hungry Campaign, thank you. It will be put to good use. As you know, uh, we had been focused um, uh, incredibly intensely for years on increasing participation in school breakfast programs and summer meals and SNAP benefits. And then during the pandemic, we had to uh, pivot to distributing literally a hundred million dollars in grants to thousands of school districts and community organizations that were feeding kids in alternative ways during the pandemic because the, the schools were closed. And now as schools are starting to reopen, we're going back to that core work, but also trying to identify ways to get to the root causes of why some families are struggling with hunger in the first place. And um, one of the things that I'll just share with both of you is we're we're getting very active on, uh, just as we ensured the kids who were eligible for, sc- but not participating in things like school breakfast, uh, we're focusing on families that are eligible for, but maybe not enrolled to receive this child tax credit, which could be such a transformative uh, boost to many families who are struggling. So your, your support uh, really goes a long way with us. And I'm, I'm just so grateful for it. Um, I know we've got to wrap up. I, uh, you know, we all in the food world, we think about uh, the Aspen food and wine classic. Um, and I've heard you or read Kwame, you saying this is kind of like the black Aspen. And I've heard you saying, Sheila, this is going to become uh, an annual event. Um, so the, the, the future for the family reunion sounds, sounds robust. Um, and it sounds like you're committed to uh, continuing to grow this.
1: We're going to grow it and we will continually shine light on the issues until we can get the problem solved to really get minority owned restaurants, hotels, more people in the hotels. We really want to level the playing field here. No more hiding in the shadows. No more being afraid to move forward. We're going to make it work. Kwame, we're on a mission. We're 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 doing it.
2: We're in it right now.
0: Uh, pretty unstoppable force. And and Sheila, as 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 we wrap up, just let me make make the offer uh, to you, uh, and and uh, as kind of reciprocity for all that you're doing, uh, you know, share our strength works, and Kwame knows this. We work with tens of thousands of chefs and restaurateurs around the country. Not all at the level of Kwame, uh, but uh, but we have access to many of them, and many of them are trying to have more of an impact in their communities. If there's ways that we can be helpful to you in terms of what you're doing, uh, let's keep that conversation going as well, because I feel like uh, a lot of our folks would be eager to learn from you and eager to take direction on how they could be uh, better on the kind of issues we're talking about.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh,
0: We've been talking with Sheila Johnson, who's the founder and CEO of Salamander. Uh, hotels and resorts, uh, a force in Washington, D.C. and around this country, uh, and particularly a force on bringing uh, diversity, equity, inclusion into the hospitality community and the in the corporate sector, and our longtime friend and supporter, Chef Kwame on Uh They are uh, probably in the busiest week of their lives right now, except for maybe when you've opened a restaurant, Kwame. Uh, but the family reunion is coming up. Uh, we, we wish you all the best. We can't wait to hear about the results. And thanks again for making No Get Hungry a beneficiary. Uh, I'm Billy Shore. You've been listening to Ad Passion and Stir on behalf of our entire team at Share Our Strength. Uh, you can go to Ad Passion and Stir dot com or share share our strengthcom dot com slash podcasts and find all of our other episodes and rate them and rank them and share them with your friends uh thanks also to our producer district productive uh, you've been listening to add passion and stir